welcome to the Mindful Living Podcast. I'm your host, Athea Davis. Are you ready to become the person everyone loves, including yourself? Imagine being filled with purpose, joy, and focused energy every single day. I guide kids to gain their inner calm and adults to spark their inner child. Each week, I will give you fun, practical, and relatable, mindfully infused inspiration, insights, and information that you can directly apply in your life, family, and school or business. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to Mindful Living with me, your host, Athea Davis. You are listening to episode 129, How to Successfully Share Your Ideas, with my special guest today, Martina Thomason. Okay, here's the thing. If you are living and breathing, this episode is for you. This is why, because when you are going to an interview, when you are trying to convince your kids uh, why certain things happen the way they do or why they should do certain things a certain way, whatever it is that you're communicating as a teacher, a business owner, you are sharing what you think on social media, a blog, um, you're, you're interested in sharing your ideas on a podcast. You are living and breathing. You have thoughts. You share them with friends, with family. It's all about marketing and why your ideas matter to others. Now, I, I know you're probably out there thinking this doesn't apply to you. But what did I say, right? If you're living and breathing, then you are marketing yourself, your ideas. And no time really in the history of humans has it been more important to market who you are. We are in a maker society and a society that you have so much at your fingertips where this idea, and we're not necessarily talking about personal branding in this episode. We're talking about marketing and particularly Martina's expertise is holistic marketing. So I was happy to get her in on the show here on Mindful Living with Athea Davis and why that is important to you right now in this day and age. You have your magic spark that I'm always talking about that it needs to be an action because your magic spark makes a difference for other people. No matter how small, medium, or large you think that is, you have something really unique to offer the world. And the world is going to hear that spark, that uniqueness, your magic in action, when you can really successfully share your ideas. And there are some ways to do that. And so I'm happy to share my conversation with Martina today. Here's some things we talk about. We talk about her journey into holistic marketing, what holistic marketing is, and why it's different from traditional marketing, and why you want to know about it. Because remember, I was just saying, sharing your ideas makes a difference for others. And you're always sharing your ideas, even when you go in for an interview. Uh, we also talk about how to shift your inner narrative about marketing, particularly if you have a negative one. And one of the things she mentioned I love is it's a way to help people for free. If you love making an impact, then definitely you're going to want to tune in to what she's saying about marketing. I remember really just having my skin crawl when I heard that term marketing and just having this heaviness come over me. And it's taken a lot of time and inner work for me to make that shift. I wish I had Martina many years ago really share her insights about marketing when I felt that way because I wasn't doing all the things, you know, to share my ideas and successfully on my own terms because of how I felt about marketing. I thought if I shared what I thought was important, I would feel like my ego was too big or what does it matter or uh, imposter syndrome. All these things would come up. Or, you know, I felt like, oh, you know, am I, am I unnecessarily influencing someone and dare I say manipulate them? 
so many negative connotations attached. So we really dive into what these inner narratives are for ourselves and how we can make that shift. Remember, whatever you're doing out in the world, from kids to teaching to owning a business to all of those you may be doing to changing your career, your job, going in for an interview, making new connections, networking, you are sharing your ideas, you are selling yourself and who you are. You want to make sure you're doing that authentically so you can attract and magnetize the right connections so you can get your magic spark in action. All right, so we also talk about why marketing is a must to make an impact We talk about how to transform roadblocks that may get in the way of you sharing your ideas, tips to move past perfectionism, imposter syndrome, procrastination, and digital media strategy tips, and so much more. This is such a packed episode. I had such a great time talking to Martina, and I'm so grateful she shared her expertise with us so you can be out there, uh, like I said, spreading your magic spark, making it work, putting it in action, doing all the things because the world needs your magic spark in action, y'all. It really does. I love you. I'm voting your victory and I um, cannot wait to hear what you think about this episode. And uh, I will see you on the flip side. Remember, you're listening to episode 129. You're on Mindful Living with Athea Davis, how to successfully share your ideas with my special guest, Martina Tomlinson. And I will see you on the flip side of my chat. Bye for now. Well, I want to welcome you, Martine, to Mindful Living with Athea Davis. Happy to have you on the show today. Thank you. So honored to be here. All right. You know, I'm so curious, you've been in marketing for a while. What attracted you to guide others to share their ideas, their brands, their products, services with the world? Yeah, I actually wanted to become an entrepreneur when I was 14 years old. Like that, that's my mm-hmm. first memory of, of proclaiming to my parents that I was going to become an entrepreneur. And I just thrive on helping people, you know, developing their ideas and my natural inclination is to um you know has always been for people to follow their dreams and as i was choosing um you know what to study go to university and and you know get really get into i i didn't know about coaching i didn't know about you know the fact that you could develop a business around helping other people do what they want and so i started dabbling in the entrepreneurial um sort of circles in Australia because I lived there for about eight years mm-hmm. and and I entered a startup competition and my team actually won in 2020, uh, 2012 and um, you know that further uh, developed my curiosity about you know helping other people succeed and um, so it really started there. It was an early seed in my teens and then it sort of developed and then when I discovered coaching a few years ago or you know, quite a while ago now that I discovered self-development and, and that is whole profession. Um, I started playing with the possibility and eventually it turned into a career. That's awesome. And congratulations on that win. It sounds like that was a pivotal <laughs> moment for you and, and how to move forward. And, and I wonder in that moment, you know, you have this unique approach, what you call holistic marketing. So I'm curious, um, What's missing in marketing that propelled you to develop this holistic approach with holistic marketing? And it was it during this pivotal time that you had developed this approach so that inform your approach? Tell us all about that. Yeah. So while I also chose to study marketing, I did a Bachelor of Commerce with a triple major in marketing management and entrepreneurship and innovation. Okay. And then I went on to do a master's degree in uh, digital marketing. And then I have, you know, like 10 years of um, working for corporate and startups and scale-ups and normal businesses, like you name it. And so I had that marketing piece, but that alongside that, like I'm a highly sensitive person and I feel like I've been misunderstood and I haven't really fit in. Like that was my story for so long. Mm-hmm. And so that propelled me into self-development, which, you know, I have uh, had an amazing grandma and and some amazing aunties that was into more mindfulness and, you yeah. know, woo things, which, you know, I was really drawn to. 
And so when I started looking at, you know, helping entrepreneurs become visible, I realized that what's currently in the market is a great focus on technology and psychology. But the thing is that while technology focuses on uh, the platform that you're on, you know, algorithms and optimizing your technical strategies and uh, psychology being on the customer, like, uh, you know, buyer behavior and what makes people buy and, you know, like going into their thing, their Mm -hmm. psychology, there was a missing link about ourselves, Mm. like what's going on within ourselves in this whole marketing a painting because as solopreneurs and people that have our own businesses and services a lot of us have this resistance towards putting ourselves out there and and that has been such a missing link that we too have to um, be a part of that equation so we just needed to add that element because you can have the best marketing strategy in the world like both considering you know, customer psychology and the technology. But if you don't have the mindset to back it up, to actually dare to put yourself out there and, you know, having all this resistance to promoting your own stuff, then you won't actually execute the strategy or at best you'll do it for a while and then pull out after because you just get so overwhelmed with it. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm going to, there's a lot, a lot to tease out, I think, in in what you were saying. (laughs) One, I'm curious through all your experience and in education and this content, the marketing content, the innovation, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur um, commerce, all these things that you your triple, your triple plan. That that's amazing. <laughs> um, at no time there was that linkage. Nobody, I guess it seemed like they were only focused on what you're saying is the customer behavior and the actual technical strategy. No one looked at the person implementing the strategy, the the company, the business, the entrepreneur, the solo biz owner. Totally. And, you know, marketing was, um, it goes way back, you know, to ancient times uh, for like the, the core roots and seeds of it. But Marketing as we know it today was a concept that was developed and sort of uh, built out in the 50s. And it was, you know, to promote uh, organizations. And it was very male-dominated as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was no skin in the game for the person promoting because they were representing a company that wasn't necessarily personal to them. Like it was just, you know, you need this product or service and this company can help you get it. Um, And so when it comes to being an entrepreneur and putting yourself out there, we get, we become face to face. Like we we get face to face with all of our personal fears, which is, you know, one of the reasons why building a business is one of the biggest self-development journeys that you could ever get on. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of entrepreneur friends and I think one of the biggest roadblocks they face is what you're, what we're about to really dive into. And Mm. first of all, there's this negative image of marketing, negative manipulation. I just don't want to do that. Promoting myself, promoting this product. Who am I to think? Um, And I'm so curious and I'm sure you, I mean, this is what you do. So when you work with clients and you get into these inner narratives, these uh, limiting beliefs, this um, perspective that they have perhaps isn't the, you know, all living perspective of what marketing is or could be, right? Maybe some personal experience tainted that vision. I don't know, or culturally, or lots of different things may contribute to that. But, you know, they have an idea, they have um, some creative idea, business service that is awesome sauce. You know, I call it spreading your spark, you know, and I think that's important. And yet you may be able to create that, but you also have to be able to communicate and get that out into the world. So you have to really love this idea of marketing. How can we, how can we shift? How do you help people shift this inner narrative and get them to see the value in the marketing piece of their business, right? Like there's the idea and you can create it, 
but it's nothing until you can help people see the value in what you've created and you're able to communicate that and find the right people that want it. Yeah, exactly. So it all comes down to how you think about something like you hear it all the time and it's kind of become a cliche that mindset is everything but it really is the first domino to fall and we always have a neutral circumstance and what we're talking about now is you know marketing my business and we could have a ton of different thoughts around marketing my business Um, but a lot of people have this sense that you know you were talking about marketing is manipulating people to buy my stuff and You know, I don't want to promote all of that stuff. And that's only because of the thoughts that they're having about marketing. Mm -hmm. And the way that I look at marketing is that you help people for free. Mm, I like that. You help people for free. Yeah. You like you give away your ideas and concepts and hacks to people for free so that they might learn something new Mm -hmm. and they might, um, you know, as a byproduct, they might be drawn to Uh, lean further into what you have to say and eventually they might become a customer but meanwhile you don't need anything from them like your core thing is to actually help them and when you help them like that you're in sort of abundance you know like you're not in getting and grasping and like I need something from you because and, and that tailors back to what you were saying about manipulating as well because when you manipulate people it's because you don't think you can get it directly by asking Mm. you know you go in the back door to get what you want and so when people feel like they have to manipulate people to buy their products it means that they don't have the confidence that people want the what they have to sell Mm. I love that you talked about number one helping people for free I love that just getting your ideas out there and I love this mindset approach of you if if you come from it from the perspective that you don't need anything from the person, the audience you're talking to. You are coming from it from that abundance mindset versus deficit mindset, which is yeah. a very different approach when yeah. you begin to think about how you talk about what it is you do, the idea, the product, the service that you're offering. Um, from that abundance place, the there's a sense of... Uh, I guess, joy, um, authenticity, fun, you know, your, your creativity really shines in that place. When you're talking about that thing that you love, somehow something shifts when you feel like, oh, I've got to say this in a way that somebody's going to be attracted to it. They're going to want it. I have to have them to, you know, like in, and if we look at this in a, a mindfulness perspective, like we're, we're suddenly we become attached We are attached. We want this outcome. It has to be this way instead of being in that creative flow in the moment. Yeah. And and that's the thing as well. Like um, a lot of people might argue that, well, we have to sell, like we have to get money from them because we're in business. Mm -hmm. But if we take a step back, we look at when you are in that mindset that you have to get something, then you feel icky. You don't, you don't put yourself out there. So that thought that I have to get something from people actually backfires. Mm-hmm. And so bringing that, you know, freedom of just sharing. And, and, and that's like what I say, you know, um, marketing also is that you're uh, talking to what you love, t- talking about what you love to as many people as possible and telling them that you can help them. Hmm. that's like everything that it is and so when you feel like you have to get something from them you resist putting yourself out there and you resist talking to a lot of people about it because you feel icky like you're a person with good intentions and uh, don't feel like you want to manipulate people so you know the sum of that is that you don't do anything and you become a little bit apathetic and and then you start guilt tripping yourself for not doing enough <laughs> and yeah. like you're in this whole spiral um another thing is that when we focus on uh you know uh oh i have to manipulate people or like i don't want to do it i feel shitty about marketing who am mm-hmm. i to do this notice how you're focusing on yourself and not the clients, like not the people that you're trying to serve. 
Mm. So it's like you're self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're in doubt, you're actually focusing on yourself and being self-centered rather than thinking, how can I help them? Like, I would assume that you're in business because it's about something that you love, whether it be a product or a service. And so if you genuinely believe in that, then, you know, the, the better thing to do is to think about how you can help people either for free through your marketing or actually offering them to um, get the paid thing. Yeah. I, I love that shift because I think back to some of these conversations I've had and I can see in these conversations, you know, it is about like me and you are not, the focus isn't on who am I serving? Because the thing is, like, if you have something that can positively impact someone's life, you need to have a megaphone out into the world sharing that exactly. as much as possible, you know, as much yeah. as energetically possible for you. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that is such a, a drastic shift that then yeah. and, and, and I would love to get into. So but we have these roadblocks that come between uh, like they're there and we, we might have that moment of insight. Yes. We, I want to help this person. And then all these inner narratives start coming up and whether it be, Oh, it just has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, I can't get it out. Or who am I to say this? Look at all these other experts out in, out in the field. You know, I have imposter syndrome, whether I'm at one level or another level, whether I'm getting started or I've been in it for five years. And and then I feel like, oh, wow, people are going to find out about me. I don't know, you know, everything in the world, but I know enough in my unique experience to to share. So uh, these roadblocks come up. And so Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about them because I know those listening have them. I certainly have struggled with them. You know, the perfectionism, the imposter, you know, syndrome are definitely two that come up from time to time. So I'm curious how you help others get past those so they they can get their ideas and their products and their services out into the world and really start connecting with people that can positively benefit with what they have to offer. Yeah. So um, when we look at uh, perfectionism, um, it's actually just a coping mechanism. You know, we are trying to make it perfect so that when we put it out there, it's a lesser chance that people are going to judge us or reject us or that we're getting it wrong. And so what perfectionism really is, is just um, us trying to avoid discomfortable feelings of putting ourselves out there. Mm. And so if you're willing to feel the discomfort and just ask, like, what am I really afraid of? Like, why do I have to make it perfect? And again, like we're focusing on ourselves. We are trying to make it perfect, not because of um, them, but because of our feelings. You know, if we take a step back and we look at it, we would all agree that it's better to have something half baked put out there than it being left on our computer or in our notes on our phone or whatever. And so it's all about just looking at the intention, looking at the thoughts that fuels that perfectionistic belief and and just question it, you know? Why do I have this need to make it perfect? Uh, What do I make it mean if it's not perfect? And, And also allowing feelings, like feelings mm. are just vibrations in our bodies and it's a little bit uncomfortable, but are we, you know, wanting to feel a little bit uncomfortable? Like, I don't really like this kind of feelings or vibrations in our body. Is that going to stop us from helping people and actually building a business mm. and, and, you know, like living our dream life? <laughs> yeah. I, these are great. It's, it sounds like there's a lot of, you know, you mentioned self-development earlier and there's a lot of inner work that comes in when we're sharing our story, we're sharing our idea, product and service. Like you said, you know, when you begin a business, you begin a huge personal growth and self-development journey because a Mm. lot of these inner narratives, limiting beliefs come up and they can either when you become aware of them, you know, one of the things about 
mindfulness practices, meditation practices, yoga practices, mindset practices, particularly the, the meditation, the stillness pieces, you become aware of these inner workings of the mind. You become aware of the inner dialogue, the conversation. You become more aware of how does that feel in my body when I'm about to share this idea on a social media platform, on a blog, on a podcast, in a face-to-face meeting or conversation or presentation, whatever it is. And then we may feel like I, that we're not ready for that discomfort. And then Mm. we get in our own way. We could sabotage it by a lot of ways, I guess, um, canceling it, coming up with excuses, um, just not, not leaning into that discomfort a little bit. And so it sounds like, you know, we need to, I guess one way to think about it is lean into the discomfort. Yeah. Kind of thicken our like inner skin a little bit, like be okay with that discomfort. Like it's okay. Um, and, and then I just think about, it sounds like sometimes it's also important to have that support, you know, and that's what, where I think where you fit into this too, you can only go so far, I think on your own and then having a coach, having someone, that can give you that objective perspective to help you see sometimes what you're not seeing yourself. Totally. Um, it's, I mean, that that's been the the biggest change for me as well to actually have a coach on that, you know, because we in the self-help industry, it's so much information. There's so much great information, you know, like all these podcasts, all these books, all these courses, Mm -hmm. and we can always understand things on an intellectual level level yeah and but when you start to implement that's when you really get it like that's when you start getting the results and having someone guide you through that week after week and really staying with you is is just I mean the the speed that you imagine that you that you're able to embody that is just incredible and also um making time for it because you know we don't like discomfort and we are wired to avoid it. Mm. So when we have someone sitting in front of us and, and, you know, helping us to stay with it and, and allocate this time for it, then we actually get to move through it and come out the other end so much faster because we're not just like escaping it uh, as well. Mm, That's important. I, I have definitely experienced that myself, that, that busyness syndrome, Mm. That's what I call it. So <clears throat> I think it's important, you know, and just want to underscore what you said about making time mm. to, to either plan it, sit with the discomfort, what is coming up for you when you're thinking about something like that? I mean, perhaps we've all experienced this. I mean, we're human. So I know we have all experienced this thing that we want to do, we know it would be there. There's a huge possibility. There would be a good outcome, but then we find everything else in the world to do except for that thing. Like the procrastination piece comes up and then, and then we don't, we don't do that thing. And and, and to me, I hear, I think about the word intentionality when Mm. we are intentional about the idea product service that we, we want to share and know Mm -hmm. that we have to commit time to, to making that happen. And part of that is just putting yourself in that position, breathing through it, right? Like adding that mindfulness piece, because part of meditation, mindfulness practices, they train it. You are, you're training yourself to sit with discomfort. It's Mm. uncomfortable to sit in meditation for long periods of time. And even if you're not doing it for long periods of time, it's uncomfortable to sit there and watch your thoughts ping pong all over the place. Like yeah. how, re- like I, I, you know, sitting there sometimes thinking, oh my gosh, you know, and the critique that comes up Yep. sometimes even, you know, oh, I've been doing this for this long and look, look at my mind going all over the place. Well, yeah. th- that is just training you. And it's an, an important tool for these moments when you do mm. sit in front of a computer or a notebook to type out or write out whatever idea that you're wanting to share, or you're about to hit post, or you're about to put it out into the world and just to be with that discomfort and watch it. I had somebody on the podcast the other day and um, they were talking about, and I I love this, the the metaphor it's, you know, you're just watching these clouds go by and you're just letting them go Mm. and you don't have to attach to these things. You don't have to attach to 
this imposter syndrome that you may feel. You can mm. see it mm. from that observer. And, uh, you know, that meditation helps you um, train your mind to see your thoughts, right? You're yeah. in this inner observer, just seeing these thoughts come and go. Yeah. And then you're able to be in that place. It's almost like you're, you take a few steps forward and you're like, Oh, look, I, I was able to go through that mile and, yeah. and like, you know, running, I was able to go through that mile is really uncomfortable, but now mm. I can get to the next one. So now I can post this or I can do whatever. So you just baby step it in that direction. Yeah, totally. And there's so much to unpack around that as well. Like, um, when it comes to what we were just talking about, having time and making space for feelings, a lot of people and, and you know, entrepreneurs particularly um, that are maybe having a job uh, alongside a side hustle, yeah. then they feel so strict for time that they are telling themselves that they don't have time for their feelings. But the thing is, if you don't make time for your feelings, you don't actually execute what you set out to do. Mm-hmm. because when you have all of this resistance, you instead go and procrastinate. You go do house chores. You go scroll on social media. Like you do all of the things to avoid that uncomfortable feeling of, say, putting yourself out there or marketing or doing the things that will actually move your business forward and start attracting more clients or sales. Mm-hmm. And and that's so that's one part of it. The other thing is a bit of spiritual bypassing that I'm seeing in sort of the the more mindfulness and spiritual circles is that there's sort of this philosophy that if it doesn't feel good, you shouldn't do it and it's Mm. not in alignment and all of that stuff. Mm. But, uh, and also like if you do put a bit of pressure on things or, or discomfort, it's in the masculine and it might be toxic masculinity. Uh, and you know, while there's a bit of truth, I mean, like everything's relative, but I see a lot of spiritual bypassing and a sense of um, not taking responsibility, which again is like giving away your power. Like you're not in an empowered state when you just go, well, I'm not going to do anything that feels um, um, uncomfortable, but but feeling like there's no such thing as a bad feeling and a good feeling in and of itself. It's just vibration in our bodies. Yeah. And when we can sit with that, you know, the, our emotions teach us something about ourselves. They teach us our boundary. They teach us, you know, our limiting beliefs. They teach us, you know, um, our resiliency level at this point in time. They tell us about our insecurities. And so really being present with them and not trying to fight them, but allowing them instead and just really feeling it, although it is uncomfortable, um, I think is one of the most spiritual things that you can do because you're deepening your consciousness so much more. Mm, Yeah, I agree. You know, I think it's, there's a, there's something to say for definitely wanting to be in alignment with what you're doing, but I think there's a fine line from saying, am I in alignment with this? And then using alignment as, well, this is uncomfortable. And so that must mean I'm not in alignment. And so it's not for me. So we need stress. We need stressors. We need, uh, we need that discomfort. That is how we grow. We're not going to grow unless we have it. And I think, you know, there's not some formula or something you can say, well, this is too much discomfort, too much stress. Mm. I th- it's, it's a case by case basis. And I think part of having a meditation, um, a, a, a mindfulness practice that is, it informs you of mm. what is too much or too little for you. Yeah. You know, and- yeah. And it's it's not like a competition of the more discomfort you feel, the faster you're going to grow your business. Not yeah, at all. Right. You know, like I am all about the fun and play and enthusiasm and, you know, taking inspired action and taking, you know, like grow your business in alignment with your core values and your strengths so that it becomes easier. Of course, uh, that's definitely one thing. But mm-hmm. I also want to offer that um, stress anxiety, pressure, all the things that we perceive as um, less comfortable feelings are all a result of how we think about 
the neutral circumstance that we're, you know, faced with. Mm-hmm. I, I just coached a client just before this call about uh, relaxation. She is a very active person and she has the thought that I'm wasting my day if she relaxes. And so she feels restless and guilty for lying on the sofa. So she actually gets stressed by doing nothing. Mm. and you know some people could argue that oh my god that sounds amazing because like she would get so much done but that's not the point like she never has recovery time and that you know um, makes her body get inflamed and she gets health problems for it so like there's always this intention mindfulness awareness that um we always take a broader look at what's going on. Like what's the underlying thought that's fueling this stress? What are you making this mean? And then from there, we can create, you know, uh, the results that you would like to create for yourself instead and create and generate the feelings that you would rather have um, based on the new mindsets that, that we're creating. Mm, I love that. I definitely identify with the, uh, I'm a very active person as well. So I have to be very intentional with my reflection and downtime. Um, something I've learned over the years. I, I'm so curious, it, you know, those listening today, whether they're starting something, they've been in something in terms of a business or they're trying to get their thoughts out into the world, their, their creative uh, insights out into the world, where would they where would they start what, in terms of, you know, clearly they have their idea or they're working on it. They've made it. What kind of, if we're looking at it from a holistic marketing approach, how do they start talking and sharing about their idea? Like what, what are some tips or strategies that you could give um, anybody, you know, any of the creatives listening today yeah. to, to move past perhaps some of these inner roadblocks to start getting their ideas out in the world. Yeah, um, totally. I mean, (laughs) I get so big question. I know it's a big question. (laughs) No, no, but it's so close to home as well, because like I used to be super shy. Like when I grew up, I had like one friend at school and stuff. (laughs) And, you know, like the fact that I'm putting myself out there now, it's just like, I would never believe that when I was younger. Um, But but what I would say to, to these creatives uh, or people that have like something brewing inside of them that they would like to share with the world is just simplify everything and like just start talking about it. Just start sharing about it, you know, like uh, open up an Instagram account and start talking about it or, you know, share some things on there like a a little snippet or a video are you talking about it and you might also say like this idea isn't fully developed but this is what I'm going with at the moment and like that's actually like a core marketing principle is to create a journey and take the follower on a journey with you and we see that a lot on very successful um, social media accounts as well that, that that they bring the followers along with them it's very like interactive and and people love seeing transformation and so when you come there and say that you know this is totally fresh but this is where I my vision is kind of going Mm -hmm. um, then it's really inviting and and like oh yeah this is interesting I I would like to see what comes of this Um, so so that's one thing that allow ourselves to be beginners you know and don't make the, the bar so high to entry because so many of, of the clients that I talk to as well, um, they say that, how do you like structure your content calendar and like what tools do you use and all of that sort of stuff. But the matter of the fact is that the more complicated you make it for yourself, like I put it in Evernote and then I do this and that, it just, all of that content just dies in like, it becomes a note graveyard is what yeah. I call it yeah <laughs> you know? like it's just amazing ideas that that just rots in your notes mm. and so if you can just dare to share you know and and, and you can also in the beginning uh you know just create a little disclaimer like if that makes it a little bit easier for you like um 
these are just my thoughts and, you know, I'm new at this and uh, this is a work in progress or you can be a bit humoristic. I mean, like whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Um, yeah I think that really reverses the reverses what many people think about they they have to come with some perfect idea perfect you know this perfectionism again yet their idea is unique and and good enough that they can share and say yeah i mean i'm a work in progress this is what it is whatever it is that you want to share about what you're up to in the world or what you'd like to be up to in the world as a creative Mm. just start sharing i i definitely come from that mindset as well, that just to be in action, because I've seen, I've seen how you can really destabilize yourself from thinking about what platform, how do I keep it organized? What's the best system? And all these, like, I can't even think about that. There's so many options in the world. I just find the easiest thing possible. Like sometimes it's on a post-it note. Sometimes it may be on Evernote. And I think as you go along, you'll understand like how you operate and how you Mm -hmm. capture what you want to say. I think, I think planning is important, but I also don't think planning like everything down to the T is going to make you a great connector or get like, and that's just my perspective because I feel like I, I can't, for me personally, for me to plan, Mm. say a strategy or something I want to share, I can't, I have to move and do to know what it is I'm going to share. I can't sit down with a notebook and say, okay, here's what I'm going to share. Like, it seems very, I've tried that before. And, and they, most of the time, um, probably all of the time I've written something out. I'll write things out like in advance and it's just not what I end up doing. And I'm not sure like it's been helpful. Now, reflection is helpful for sure. But for me, like I really have to do and be in the action to know, okay, that that's, that's the thing that's coming for me. And, and then I might write it down. That feels more like an alignment with how I would operate. I'm not saying this works for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah. Like it's totally different. And and as you say, like, it's really a thing to experiment with, but what I would offer is that um, content can be seen as art, you know, it's, it's also how it's being received. And, you know, we shouldn't try to make it perfect because what is perfect anyway? And, (laughs) you know, something that's really obvious to you is most likely mind-blowing to someone else that might be new to this field. Mm -hmm. And and another thing is that, um, you know, if you are a multi-passionate person or like um, have a lot of different interests, which a lot of entrepreneurs have, um, I know that in marketing, like the, I mean, I'm born and bred like into this marketing world and I know like how much focus it is on, on niching down and finding your perfect niche so that you'll have your messaging on point and people mm-hmm. have so many battles around this. But in the beginning, I, I also want to offer that your niche, your niche is just you. You know, your background, your interest, your spice from all of your other different um, experiences and, and hobbies or whatever, like sprinkle your personality and your the things that you love doing and talking about into your main thing. Mm-hmm. And that is a niche in and of itself. And, you know, you don't have to have traditionally in marketing there was a big focus on demographics you know how old where do they live is it a what gender but but then they moved into psychographics which is more like what's your interests and stuff like that um but then instead of because that comes back to what we're talking about like manipulation because there's a fine line there as well to there are so many people that get stuck in market research like what what do people uh, look for what can I talk about that might get found and and you know my background is also in search engine optimization so I did that for a living search engine uh, or uh, keyword analysis 
where uh, I find out what exactly people ask for and they create content for businesses around that. Mm-hmm. But what I would offer is that you're more magnetic when you talk about what you love and you attract more people that are like-minded when you talk about what you love. And there's this sense of word of mouth and also the algorithms, you know, as people are so hung up on the algorithms yeah. and what do I do for that? But again, like if you do talk about what you love and, and people are drawn to that, then the algorithm is going to show that content to other people that have that same interests field. And so it kind of goes um, automatic in the sense. Um, and, and so you kind of leverage the, the um, algorithm without intentionally doing it. Um, I, I love it because yeah. what you're saying too, is just be naturally you, you know, and yeah. it really takes all this pressure off that. I mean, unless you have an, an extensive marketing background like yourself, how would one know without spending more time that they probably don't have, you know, mm-hmm. because those listening might have a side hustle or they're trying to make their side hustle become more of a full-time thing that how, how do I know what, you know, what buyer behavior is? And, and maybe that would mm-hmm. interest you one day. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with knowing that information, but what to me seems more easy flowing and just keeping you in that creative zone is just mm-hmm. be who you are, share mm-hmm. your, be human and mm-hmm. connect to people about who you are and what you have to offer. And yeah. that in and of itself is going to create um, th- the people you want to talk to, the audience yeah. that you're wanting that in your head, you think, okay, who's going to want this? Be who you are authentically trying to connect, working on those roadblocks as they come up, see them, work through them and get out there and just share and explore and play. Yeah. Be Be a big kid. Exactly. And, but, but the funny thing is that, um, a lot of people that are listening to this is probably going to think that, but it sounds too easy. Like it can't be that easy, you know, like there has to be, what do you want me to do? Like you just say it and I'll do it. Yeah. Like the strategy, the time of day, how many posts, what platform, what's the plan, what's the content. And, And I'm not saying those don't aren't important, but I definitely am more lean on the side of, um, what do I have to share? That's authentically about the the content that I know about. And then I think others would really benefit from this information and just do it. Yeah. And and another hack around that as well is to think of your followers as your, um, either as your clients Mm. already or as your friends or Mm. both, you know, like I'm just sharing what I love with my buddies online that also have this interest for this stuff and and they follow me because you know they clearly are interested in this topic and what I have to say so I'll show up for more of that and and it becomes so easy to be be creative as you say because when we take the pressure off and don't make it so hard we actually produce so much more content we become so much more playful it becomes Mm -hmm. so much more uh, inspired action that actually fuels us rather than draining us. I love that. Uh, You know, we've been kind of talking a little bit about digital platforms and I'm Mm -hmm. curious, I know everybody probably has their favorite and I'm curious, like, do do you have a favorite digital platform that you, that you're loving right now? Yeah. So I've made a very deliberate decision to um, only be on uh, two platforms. So I'm Mm -hmm. only on Instagram and I have a podcast and well, I, I also have a newsletter, but I don't see that as a platform. So just, yeah. um, you know, and I also have a website, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but in terms of social, social media, media, yeah, yeah, it's only, it's only, um, those two because constraint also creates, um, quality because mm-hmm. you can only, you can really focus on that. You can really be present with that. And, so many people could argue that, you know, but TikTok is taking off, you know, like, shouldn't I be there? Or um, Clubhouse, like, shouldn't I be there? And it's like, if you think that TikTok is uh, the thing that's taking off and you really love creating short videos, then that's your platform. If that comes natural to you and you you enjoy that, 
you'll actually do it. But yeah. if you hate that shit, pardon me, <laughs> yeah. you won't do it. Right. Like and, you're and just like and- trying to make it work, you know, yeah. on all these platforms. I love that you put the constraints around that. I, um, I, I definitely am involved on more than one social media platform, but it's definitely like a percentage of time. And I just think from my unique experience as a mindfulness educator, there are certain um, people I connect with perhaps on Twitter that are just not on Instagram. And it's just a very different, um, they're just very different, very different ways to engage with people and make connections um, as well as like LinkedIn. But I think I think you're right. Like you have to figure out like what you're most comfortable with and what works for you. And I'm a huge fan too of repurposing things that, that I've said. I mean, that's another sort of like this hamster wheel, like in terms of content sharing, everything has to be new and novel and and not, not necessarily like you can take something you've said um, and break it down, you know, into totally. multiple pieces. And, and I remember early on thinking, how do people do this? <laughs> how do you create all of this all the time? And then understanding the, the value and repurposing what, what you've said on one platform or even in a podcast and sharing that on a, a social media platform and just reusing things that you've said, reusing, you can bring up things you've said in the past because totally we're not going to remember those. You're exactly. like, oh, wow. I remember reading things like I, I wrote that or like even in my book, like I wrote that, you know, that was like, okay, yeah. let me talk about this again. So I think yeah. that's important for people to hear too, in terms of constraints, like you're, you're not always having to have like these amazing one of a kind ideas and follow the trend here, there and everywhere. try dabble. It sounds like, like, because if you don't know, you don't know and figure out where you tend to, to resonate the most or gravitate towards and you feel most comfortable, um, at least using it on a regular basis. Not that you're not going to have some of the discomfort. We've talked about that. You, you want to, that's how you're going to grow a little bit, but you also want to actually engage in, in the, in the platform or whatever thing that you're using. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I don't actually repurpose too much myself. And that's only because of my personality, you know, like uh, for me, it's a lot easier to just, you know, listen to another podcast while I'm at running because that's my, like where I get most of my ideas and just write that in the moment. For me, it sounds like a lot of work to repurpose, but for others, that's amazing, you know? Um, So Mm. we're all so different. Um, And, you know, I had a client that just thought that, everything with social media was such a drain and like having to take photos and having to come up with these clever things to say and like she yeah was so like off that um and so we looked at it together and we explored her um you know strengths and we found out that you know her best thing might actually to be and uh talk to people in either live like in um uh, retreats or um events or things like that mm-hmm. Or getting, um, you know, invited to get on podcasts or Mm -hmm. like just to have the conversational thing, because that's where her power was to like, she got all of her um, downloads, so to speak, when she was in conversation rather than like coming up with it herself with, you know, just that overwhelming blank canvas that, (laughs) you know, like where do I even start? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of my questions, and we've already answered, I was thinking, you know, what, three or five things could we help those listening just, you know, understand what could they do consistently that would um, attract who it is that would love their, you know, their thoughts or product and service. And it sounds like we've answered that because each person is unique and whether we say use this platform, do it this many times, et cetera, that might not work for Mm -hmm. you. And just in this case with your client, it turns out posting pictures or quotes or thoughts like that just were not resonating with her and her nature, that talking on video, doing the live. So I think it sounds like a lot of experimentation and having that fun and that playfulness behind what am I having fun doing and where am I 
being able to communicate effectively what it is I'm trying to say about this product or service, this idea, and then go with that. Yeah. And and that's just one element. Another element is that, um, you know, we live in a culture where it's like more, bigger, better, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's more, more, more all the time. But something that's even more important is the quality of what you put out. And I can almost hear people going like, but how do you like, how do I create quality content? Like, how do you do that? How do you know that it's quality? And what I mean by quality is you can put out as many posts as you want, like 500 posts on Instagram every day. But if you don't believe in yourself as the the right person to deliver this service or product, if you don't believe in a product in and of itself to be the solution for your people, and if you don't believe that people actually want what you have to offer, like they don't actually, they're not interested, there are no people out there that want what you have to give, then that will taint the way that you communicate. Mm. That will shine through in your content. And so when you have this, Uh, triad of belief uh, or belief triad of I have you know full belief in myself I have full belief in my product or service and I have full belief that people want and need this then you know the conviction behind that shines through and you start attracting more people that are interested in it and and that's what I work with so much with my clients as well like to actually start believing in themselves as, you know, good coaches or um, actually believe that people want their package. They, they want to lose weight or they want to achieve whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so that's one element. And another element to um, attracting more people as well is to stand for something, you know, to, to dare to, to speak your truth mm. because people won't recognize you if you you know hide behind a beige veil but you're actually a technicolor flower yeah <laughs> the other technicolor flowers are like well I don't see anyone that can help me here because you're hiding behind that veil <laughs> yeah I love that those are great tips for sure I know we're winding down our time I have one more question before we do rapid fire and then after rapid fire would love for you to share where people can connect with you but I'm so curious um you know, life is filled with um, triumph and challenges. And so I am really curious what has helped you overcome your own challenges and starting your business and creating your own marketing plan for your business. Like what worked, what didn't? Because I think, you know, our individual stories are powerful to help others feel inspired and empowered that, oh, I see I'm not alone and look what this person overcame. And maybe I don't have that exact same story, but I see a piece of me in that and that mm-hmm. can help me along my own journey. So yeah. what has helped you overcome your own challenges, uh, Martine? So I, I, I'm a learnaholic. Like I love <laughs> learning and yeah. I use it a lot to buffer, you know, like I will hide behind learning and tell myself that this is productive because I'm doing something for my business, right? Totally. I've done that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think we're like entrepreneurs are kind of that breed, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, um, but the thing is that it comes back to what we were saying before as well, to actually start to embody things and actually like step out of that, um, hiding behind, um, something else and telling ourselves that we're actually taking action. And we tell ourselves that I, I just need that one piece of information that will make everything make sense and will make me have this huge revelation. And, and when I find that, then, you know, I can start selling or I can start marketing or I can start doing this. Like you're always looking for that little thing that will make you go, okay, I got it now. Like I'm good. Mm. But like, it, it's not, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so for me, it was like learning that everything is, I mean, you can have huge transformation in one coaching session for sure, mm-hmm. but we have so many little things. And so Uh, what I found was that when I do what I call like micro alignments and always like aligning myself back to where I want to go, then that's the fastest way for me to get where I want. Mm -hmm. And also not to beat myself up for diverting out of that road. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so, so that's a, a big thing. And another thing is that um, I've felt, you know, that I didn't fit in and all of that stuff. And going back to sort of coming full circle from our, our, our conversation that in that entrepreneurship, com- um, entrepreneurship competition, I showed up with like a blazer with like leopard prints and, and like uh, pink pants. I <laughs> love like it. I love <laughs> this style. <laughs> And I was like, I was, I just graduated uh, from my bachelor's degree in 2012. And there was this room full of, of men in their forties and fifties with like black this, suits and gray. exactly like gray. And, and I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't fit in there. Like, <laughs> what am I doing here? Oh, and, I love that. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, there was some like my age, but there were more like really techie nerdy guys and stuff yeah. and you know like so so there was a little bit of different but majority like black or gray suits um and so that's just a really um good picture of how I saw succeeding in business like you have to have the perfect marketing plan on it's like seven and a half pages long and you need to have the business plan and you need to do a SWOT analysis and you need to do this and that and while it's true especially for like products that you have to do uh you know some checks around uh demands in the market and you know like mm-hmm. to do some research and due diligence um my biggest relief was that I as a coach or like a service provider I don't have to do that like I just like my my belief work is my main work because Mm. that makes me move forward that makes me I don't have investors that needs to see my plans and grant me loans and so I don't need that plan and and my personality just feels um like strangled (laughs) if I have too many like boxes and things to fit into I sort of thrive on that freedom I mean, I'm very structured as well. I use my calendar yeah. really um, tightly to to get all of my stuff done, but I also don't um, tie myself down to strict plans. I allow for the the play and the freedom, and that sort of allows me to to move forward and tweak mm. along the way. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we are um, now in a rapid fire. No pressure, Martina. It's just. <laughs> Whatever um, word or phrase comes up as I ask these big life questions as we're sitting and I have tea. I don't know what you have, but we'll imagine that we're having tea, coffee at a cafe and this is what you'll share. You ready? All right. right. So rapid fire question number one, what do you believe? What I believe um, that anyone can create anything they want if they just get the right mindset. Mm -hmm what uh what are you grateful for realizing how easy it can be to change when you thought that everything was just so complicated and and intricate and complex um but yeah it just starts with your mind and your thoughts and so there's only one thing to change in order to to get where you want Love it. What sustains you? Um, freedom. Mm-hmm. You are on mindful living with Athea Davis. And I love to ask all my guests on this show. What does mindful living mean to you, Martine? It means getting to know yourself better in every situation that you're, you're facing and from that space of awareness, choosing what you want to think and feel and do in order to create what you would ultimately want to see in your world. I love it. Thank you. Well, I want people to connect with you and uh, know where they can find you online, your podcasts, social media, tell us all the things. Yeah, I've got a website, martinathomason.com and a um Instagram account, Martina Thomason Coaching. And I also have a uh, podcast called Holistic Marketing for Coaches. 
Awesome sauce for sure. It's been so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for your insights, your wisdom, information, and all the things that you're doing to help others get their creative ideas and product services and, and all the things, all their creative insights out into the world. So thank you for all that you do. My pleasure. It was such fun times talking to you. <laughs> Hey there, and welcome to the flip side of my conversation with Martina Thomason. You've been listening to episode 129, How to Successfully Share Your Ideas, here on Mindful Living with Athea Davis. I am thrilled that Martina came on the show. Please follow her, check out her podcast, her Instagram, follow her online, check out her website, all the things. Uh, She can definitely help you Uh, start sharing your own ideas successfully. She gave us a lot of free tips today. I hope you do take those um, into consideration. You make them happen, put them into your plan and start putting those into um, your own, you know, day-to-day sharing idea plan. I don't know what you call your plan, but however you share your ideas or when you're doing your social media Um, you know, strategizing or you're just thinking about writing a blog and you're thinking about how do I have others find what I'm sharing and writing about, do the things Martina's talking about. Follow her, go give her some love. If you enjoy this episode, take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform. Tag me and Martina. If you are not following me on social media, please do. I would love to connect. I am on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok. I'm at Athea Davis, A-T-H-E-A-D-A-V-I-S on all the spaces and places. TikTok, I am at at Athea underscore Davis. So I would love to connect with you in any of those um, places. And if you enjoyed this episode, Definitely give us a shout out. Give me a shout out. And if you have not subscribed, please do. And I would love a rate and review. It really makes a world of difference. So I know what you're loving, what you would like to hear more of. And I love the feedback, the good, bad, and the ugly. As long as constructive, right? All right. As I said in the beginning, I love you. I'm voting your victory. This is exciting to me because I want more than anything for you to to be out there confidently sharing your ideas, doing it successfully because the world needs your spark in action. Only you have your you-ness to give. And so I want you out there sharing because it makes a difference. And when you make that positive difference, you make the world glow a few shades brighter. Imagine a place where we're all doing that. And it is absolutely awesome sauce when I visualize that. All right. I will see you in the next episode. Voting your victory as always. Love you. And uh, bye for now. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Living Podcast with me, your host, Athea Davis. Think of me as your extra sparkly, good vibes, and no-nonsense guide, reminding you to take intentional action and choose to be the person today you want to become tomorrow. The world needs your sparkle, your joy, your gifts in action. Speaking of, I have a free gift for all my podcast listeners. Go now and subscribe to my email list and get your free health and wellness guide, Awesome Sauce Insights at soulsenseyoga.com. And take a moment to rate and review my podcast on iTunes or wherever you may find yourself listening to Mindful Living with Athea Davis. I truly appreciate your time and feedback so I can continue to deliver valuable content to each of you. Until next time, have an awesome sauce day, friends.